Lord, you are so good. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that we get to gather together, Lord Jesus, in your name. And I pray, Father, that you would come and that you would speak to every single one of us. I pray, Lord, that our ears would be wide open, that our hearts would be wide open to hear exactly what it is that you have to say to us today. So I pray, Father, that you would bless this time in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. So my name is Allison, and um, I'm wife to the amazing Milo, mom to three awesome kitties, and it is an absolute privilege that I get to share the word with you guys today on Mother's Day. So it's really awesome. My daughter was like, Mommy, you shouldn't be working today. And I was like, no, it's not working. <laughs> it really is. I'm really excited to share the word with you guys today. And so um, I thought, you know, like we have to start with a few mommy stories, and I absolutely love being a mom. You know, some days, yes, it's crazy and hectic, and you're like, can someone just stop talking for five seconds? You know, like there's a lot of noise going on in the house. But it's so good, actually, to have these little bodies that can come to you for everything. So my kids come to me for everything. I don't know, moms, if... If maybe when they get to 50 something, <laughs> but I don't think it ever stops that a mom ever stops coming. So I have all day long, mommy, I'm hungry, mommy, I, I can't find my shoes. And this is like, as we're on our way to church, you know, out the door, what? You can't find your shoes? Uh, mommy, I don't know how to do my homework. Mommy, this person hurt me today. Mommy, I fell. Mommy, I, I've made, made a mistake. That's Rebecca's favorite word. She's, not, she's our six-year-old daughter. Mommy, I made an oopsie. And I'm like, oh, now what did you do, you know? But they come to me and they know that they can speak to me about everything, anything. I mean, there's no limits. There isn't a, a list on the wall. Some days I think I should have a list of like, no, go to daddy about that one, you know, especially with the boys. I'm like, yeah, that's not, maybe not a mommy question. That's a daddy question. But they can come to us for everything. And I believe that's because my kids know they're loved. I tell them every day, like at least five times a day, I love you love you. I love you. Do you know that you loved? Yes, mommy. Guess what, guys? You love us. You know, like, you can't overtell someone that you love them. And I was just thinking about it in the lead up to Mother's Day. You know, if that's how we are with our kids, can you imagine how God is as well with us? Don't you think he also wants to just constantly be telling you, I love you. I love you. I love you. Do you know what I've got planned for you today? Man, guys, just guess what I've got happening today that I want you to be a part of. And that's what I want us to get today, how much God really loves us. So we're going to read through Romans 8. Um, it's the verse that they read in that skit. So Romans 8, verse 38 and 39, it says, For I am convinced, it means there's no doubt about it, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else, He's covered all the bases. Thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that this increases our Lord. And so this morning as I'm chatting, I just want to unpack a few things that God revealed to me. Like, what does it mean to really understand that we are loved by God? And so the first thing I want to chat about comes from my hubby and me just thinking back at when we first started dating. So this was like 15 years ago, maybe, maybe 16 years ago when we first started dating. And come on, who, who remembers, like, you just want to be next to the person. We met in church, so my husband would church stalk me, 
And he's like, oh, the only open seat in church. <laughs> you know, like, no, it's not, but okay. And, and he would pursue my presence and I would pursue his presence. You know, I would do anything to hang out with him. Any excuse, oh, I think I've got to go pick this up and I really need help carrying, you know, that cardboard box. Milo, can you help me? You know, anything. So when we know we are loved, we pursue that person's presence. Because you know that it's a safe place. You know that it's somewhere that you can go and that you can feel that you belong. And still now, after 13 years of marriage, so Milo and I both work together. We work from home. We work at the same dining room table all day, every day. We spend a lot of time together. <laughs> but still, I find myself, if I'm out, go fetch the kids or got to go to the shops or whatever, and I see a funny signpost. I'm like, oh, I have to tell Milo, he's going to love that. That's so funny. And I don't like want to wait till I get home. I want to like, take a photo and send it to him right now. Or, or I want to phone him and be like, guess what I just saw? And it's amazing because I'm still, even though I'm always in his presence, I'm still pursuing his presence when I'm away for like five minutes, you know, because I know that he's my safe place. He'll always encourage me. He'll always lift me up. You're getting brownie points today, my love. <laughs> and our kids are exactly the same. They're constantly pursuing our presence. They want to be there. They want to talk to you. you I, I'm always hearing Rebecca, mommy, mommy. And she's like wandering around the house trying to find out where I am. And I just sit quietly in the room. <laughs> you know, like, How long will it take her to find me? And eventually she just stops and she stands there. She's like, mommy. Sorry. <laughs> And she knows that I'm going to come and get her because I love her. And I don't know what's going on, but I'm there. And so she pursues us constantly. And I really believe that that's how we should be with God's presence. It's almost like we think we can go to him for the really big stuff. You know, God, I'm in crisis today. God, I really need you to come through for me. Then we will run and we'll get on our knees or something. But that's not pursuing his presence. He wants to know about everything. He wants to know about the good stuff as well. You know God loves jokes. Like he created laughter and humor. So just like I can't wait to tell Milo something funny that's happened, we should be able to go to God and tell him something funny. Like, God, you will not believe what this person did today. He's our safe place to talk about our kids as well. We can be like, really, Lord? They're so amazing, but uh, <laughs> today they're just... So intense because it's real. Am I the only mom that feels like that? No? Okay. Whoo! It's okay. There are days that it can be really intense. And we can take that to God. He's the only one that's not going to judge you. You know, like sometimes you can feel like you're so judged, but by the world. But God is that one safe place that will never judge you. And Rebecca loves asking questions and telling me stories and just chatting to me a lot. So I'm talking a lot about Becky. She's a six-year-old and she talks. And she's just like my bundle of joy, right? <laughs> but I've discovered she asks me so many questions. Mommy, where does paper come from? Mommy, you know, like, where does honey come from? Like, why is this? Who is that? And all of And some days it gets a bit overwhelming, but I love it when she asks me a question I know the answer to. And I'm like, oh, I know this, I know this, and it's a really cool answer. You're going to love it. It's actually exciting. So bees are attracted to the color in flowers, and so they fly there, and they've got all these little hairs on their legs, which sticks to the pollen, and it's, Rebecca, Rebecca, 
And she's gone. She's like not listening to the answer. She's moved on to the next question already. Has anyone had that happen to them with their kiddies? You're like, or maybe not even your kids. You know, like colleagues, your husband, you know, babes, where's the food? No, I love you. <laughs> and you look and they're gone. And I, I was really, I'm like, Rebecca, why do you ask me questions if you're not going to let me answer you? And then God went almost like, <clears throat> and I went, oh, I do that. I do that with God. I ask him stuff. I'm like, God, I really need help. I need direction in this area. Will you show me this or whatever? And then I don't hang around for him to answer me. And I've realized that it's such a discipline that we actually need to do. When you love someone and you pursue their presence, to just be able to sit there in silence or just allow them to talk to you as well. And it's the same with God. We have to practice almost being able to sit in God's presence and just allow him to answer you because it can be a little awkward. You know, It can be a little bit strange. You know, like, just sit in God's presence, like just quiet. And as humans, we don't really do the quiet, quiet thing really well. But it's something we need to practice. And so for me, I, get, I can get distracted really easily at quiet time or during worship or whatever. And so I have realized that God has given our, as our imagination as a really powerful tool that we can use to connect with him. Who loves using their imagination I know my kids do, and we can be like here and there, and there's sounds and there's, but some days when I'm pursuing God's presence, I need to picture myself in his presence. So I love picturing a huge throne room with a massive throne on it, and there's God sitting on the throne, and as his daughter, I get to come up to the throne and like climb up and sit on his lap. And just let him hold me. And for me, that helps me to be able to just sit. And I'm visualizing in my mind God holding me. Do you know what I mean? And then it it's not, doesn't feel so weird to just be sitting there. Because I'm actually going, God, and he's there. He is there. He's in your presence. He's holding you. And so for whatever you need to picture, maybe you want to go for a walk on the beach and God is walking with you. Maybe you want to sit under a tree and just imagine him sitting next to you. Maybe it's on your couch. But we really need to begin to get intentional about pursuing God's presence and being still so that he can tell us, man, I love you. I adore you. There's nothing that can separate you from my love. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Just like I get super excited about telling Rebecca something, God gets super excited about telling you stuff. He actually, he doesn't want you to read the Bible and go, I don't get it. Don't understand it. It just, he wants you to have wow moments. He wants you to go, oh. I get it. That's so amazing. God, this is so exciting. He wants us to get passionate about his word. And as we pursue his presence and as we allow ourselves to just be in his presence, he can start giving us these amazing revelation. The second thing when you know that you are loved by someone is that you are comfortable to just be you. Now, there's not very many people that you can be completely yourself with. Now, my kids are 
absolutely the number one example of this again. Yesterday morning, Rebecca woke up. She came running into our room, and she jumped into the bed between us, and she was laying there. And it was just so nice to hold her. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on stage. But then, you know what? She started passing. Like, <laughs> you know, like when a kid is completely relaxed, and they just like... That's knowing you are loved and safe and you can just be you no matter what it is. And I feel like our lives are just so hectic these days. With Facebook and everything happening, we get the pictures of everyone's life that makes it look like it's perfect. And we're always striving to live this perfect, like I'm busy, I'm doing this, I've got this sorted. But honestly, guys, and this I know... Five seconds before they took that beautiful family photo with everyone smiling, someone was going, stand still, there, do that, be here, okay, say cheese, everyone look happy, you know, like, (laughs) it's actually our lives are like, not picture perfect, and God is the one place that we can come in and just be. Jaden is quite cautious, so he's my one child that um, likes to check things out before he'll dive into it. You know, Judah and Becky, they're like, yeah, we're in it. But Jaden really likes to check things out. And so we were on holiday once, and there were super tubes. And we said to Jaden, come on, Jaden, go for it. You you can do this. Go down the super tube. And he's like, no, no, no. Ah, there's no way. I'm not even going to attempt it. I'm probably not going to come out the bottom there. And so, as these awesome parents, we're like, you will. You can do this. Just try it. We'll be there at the bottom. We'll be there to catch you. And so, eventually, we convinced him to go for it. And he went down the super tube. And Milo was there to catch him at the bottom. And he had the most amazing time. And then we couldn't get off of it. And this is what I realized. When you get into someone's presence, when you know that it's safe to just be you, that gives you the confidence to then get up and go and try new things to do those crazy things that you would normally do to, do, to work on those dreams that God has planted in your heart. Because if someone you love tells you it's going to be okay, then you're like, okay, I trust you. You love me, so I trust you, so I'm going to go for it. And that's what God does. He just wants to tell you, you're amazing. You've got this. I am with you every moment of the day. But before we try those things, we always seem to have excuses. How many of you guys have said, once I get my life sorted out, I'll start doing things for Jesus, or I'll take that step, or I'll do this? Has anyone ever said that before? I think we all have. We're like, okay, God, I'm just going to get this sorted out. But if we think about it, that's like going to your two-year-old and saying, clean up this mess, go change your clothes, and when you're all sorted, I'll come and I'll give you more food. You know, like that's us expecting to be that with God. When in reality, they can't. They don't need, they're not supposed to do it alone. And we are not supposed to try and sort out our messes alone either. It doesn't make sense. God wants to be there. He's the one going, it's okay. Come, let me help you. Let me show you. And that doesn't mean we get to stay babies all day or all our lives. We have to grow. We mature. We get into the word. We study. We learn. We go, God, what do I need to work on? And he shows us and we work on those things. But... There is absolutely no point in your walk with God where he goes, you've got this. You are now an amazing Christian. You've been doing this for enough years. 
you can carry on. I will see you later. And he leaves us. Never, 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 never. He doesn't do that. He's with you every single step of the way. And so we don't have to sort it out. We don't have to have it figured out. We don't have to have all our ducks in a row. God is there. And he wants to just think of his disciple, Peter. Okay, so Peter was the wild card. He definitely did not have everything sorted out. But Jesus still took him and said, come, I want you to be one of my disciples. And sure, he got into trouble a few times, you know, like maybe cutting off an ear wasn't his greatest moment. But Jesus sorted that out too. And he's like, Peter, I'm going to do amazing things with you because you're passionate, because you're excited, because there's nothing that you won't try, and I'm going to use that. So the things that we sometimes might go, oh, God, this is not so great. He goes, I can use it. I can use it. Just get into my presence. Be comfortable with who you are. You don't have to fix it all. And let's see where we can take this. The one who created you. God, he knows you better than anybody else. He knew you before you were even um, born, before you were even formed in your mother's womb. God had a plan for your life, and he loves you unconditionally. So I want us to read Romans 8 again, but this time I want you guys to have a look at it, and we're going to make it personal, okay? So and I pray that this will really sink into your hearts when we read through it. It says, so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate me from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, and fallen angels or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in my present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. No, There is no power above me or beneath me, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance me from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon me through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. That was the passion version, and I just love how they really put it. And there's nothing that can separate me, nothing. Nothing I've done, nothing I might do. All these things that I come up with in my mind thinking this disqualifies me, it doesn't. God's got you. And I love that word, lavished. Lavished means um, over the top, more than you can imagine. Bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities on. So it's not just God going, I love you. He wants to lavish you with his love. It's like imagine a huge bucket being poured out over you and every single part of you is dripping and drenched and there's absolutely no question in your mind that you have been drenched with that bucket of water, that's how God wants to pour out his love on you. That there is no question in your mind that you have been loved by the God who created you. I love the story of the prodigal son. And I think this just explains it so nicely as well. So the son comes to his dad and he says, Dad, I want my share of the inheritance of, his, of my inheritance. And he takes it and off he goes and he parties and he has a crazy life. And, you know, like he's really living it up, spending all this money. And then one day he runs out of all his money and he's sitting there. 
And uh, it actually got to the point where he was feeding pigs for somebody else, and he was looking at the pig's food going, this looks really good round about now. And then he realized, you know what? Even the slaves that work for my dad are eating better than this. I'll go back to my dad. And so he gets up, and he starts going back to his dad. And the Bible says, and I love this, in verse 20 it says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His dad was waiting for him. His dad saw him coming. And you know what he did? He ran to him and he hugged him. He just held him. And the son didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to beg for forgiveness. He didn't have to explain where all the money went or what had happened. His father just held him. He was in his presence and he could just be himself. And you know what the dad said? He didn't ask him anything. He said to the other servants, get the best robe, get the sandals, get a ring and come put it on my son's finger. In that moment, his dad changed his identity. When we are loved and we know we're loved, it changes our identity. He went from the son had been putting his identity in money in the people that he had surrounded himself in. And when that was all stripped away, his identity became nothing, I'm useless, I'll just go be a slave. But his dad says, no, you are my son. And his dad changed his identity in that moment from lost to loved, from unloved to chosen, from fool to forgiven, from slave to son. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants us to come into his presence so that he can tell you who you are to him. We, we so often find our identity in what other people say about us or in what we do. That's not who you are. Who you are is who the God who created you, who has dreams for you, who has plans for you. You are who he says you are. Nobody else gets that right to tell you something. I often say to my kiddies, if someone says something ugly to them at school, you know, like, that's not who you are, my babes. Don't worry. They're just saying stuff. You are amazing. You've got this. You're powerful. You can do anything you want to. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to tell us who you are to him. And we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. And you know what that means? Every single promise in the Bible is for you. Every single word that God has spoken declaring who you are, that's you. You can't read the Bible and go, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they are a holy nation. They're so amazing. They're powerful. No, you are. I want to challenge you guys this week. As you read the Bible, go, this is me. I am this person that God says I am. I want to read Romans 8 verse 31 quickly, which says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's powerful. You wake up every morning loved by the Most High God. There's nothing you can do to stop Him loving you. And He's on your side no matter what challenge you face, no matter what's happening in your life. You've got God standing behind you. That's amazing. We should be really living different lives if we live knowing 
that we are loved and God is on our side. Can you imagine? We'd be fearless. We'd be absolutely like, I can do this, get out of my way, nothing can hold me back, and go for it, whatever God has told us to do. And my prayer is that we really would start to do that. We would live life with a complete understanding of how amazing we actually are. I read a quote by author Beth Moore, and I thought she put it so beautifully. And she says, In my morning time with God, I ask Him to fill all my hollow places with His lavish, unfailing love. This frees me from craving the approval of others and requiring them to fill my cup. Then if someone takes the time to demonstrate his or her love for me, that's the overflow. I'm free to appreciate it and enjoy it, but I didn't emotionally require it. And I thought that's so good. You know, we really do seek approval from people. We're like, if they just can love me, if they tell me how good this was, if they tell me I'm amazing, then I'll be okay. But it's not like that. That's the bonus love. We need to come from a place of being full, knowing God loves me. God has given me his stamp of approval. God has said, you're my daughter. You're my son. I love you. And nothing can separate you from my love. When God says nothing, it means nothing. So I just want to pray over you guys today that we really would begin to be able to pursue God's presence, passionately seeking Him, getting into His presence, and that we would know that it is a safe place where you can just be you and allow Him to give you your identity. Just allow Him to start speaking over us. This is who you are, and to walk in that. So I'm going to pray now. So Father God, (laughs) I thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, I thank you that where you say nothing can separate us from your love, Lord, I pray that you would let us realize that that is nothing, nothing we've done, nothing we could do, no circumstance, nothing can separate us from that. And Father, I pray over every single person here and watching online today as well, Lord, I pray that where we are, you would come and fill us up right now, that you would saturate us with your love, I pray buckets of love to be poured out every single person right now and that as we walk away this morning Father God we would know without a doubt that we are loved by you and I pray Father that in this week you would use us to pour out your love on every person that we encounter as well to introduce ordinary people to our extraordinary God I thank you, Father, for who you are, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would just draw us into your presence. Speak to us, Lord, and help us to just become the amazing people that you've created each one of us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Awesome.